0: way also, but uh, this entire month, we've been focusing, of course, with Vacation Bible School, we've been focusing on the Word of God, and so this morning, we entitle our message, The Prophet of Scripture, P-R-O-F-I-T, in other words, what is in it for me? When we think about the Bible, what is in the Word of God for us? To profit means to proceed forward. It means to advance, to grow by instruction or by experience. In other words, the Bible, God's Word, is beneficial for our lives. All week long, we've had vacation Bible school. It wasn't vacation school, it was vacation Bible school. Why? Because God's Word is useful. And so today, the children are another part of our building, and so we're having adult Bible school this morning, and we're going to take a look at the Word of God and see what the Bible has for us as well as for the children. Now, I will say this, the Bible will warm you if you're cold, it will wake you if you are asleep, it will warn you if you are backslidden, it will wash you if you are defiled, it will whip you if you are disobedient, it will witness to you if you are doubtful, and it will win you If you are unsaved, the Bible is our counselor when we are discouraged. It's our companion when we are deserted. It's our comfort when we're depressed, our candle when it's dark, our compass when in doubt, and our consulate when needing to decide. In other words, there are times in our lives, many times where we need God's word because God's word, as it says there helps us to proceed forward. It helps us to take a step forward by the instruction of the Word of God, by what we experience as God uses His Word in our lives. Someone said, I have read many books, but the Bible reads me. There's something about the Bible. When I read it, when I study it, it shows me things about myself. Paul wrote to a young man by the name of Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, And you have it there in your outline this morning or in the Bible. Study, study what? The Bible, the Word of God, to show thyself approved, not unto man, but approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Listen, that is what the boys and girls have spent the entire week this past week learning was truth from the Bible. That's what you and I need in our lives today as adults. I think about Jonah, and I love this study all week long. And if you're familiar with those four small chapters in the Old Testament, we see twice in that book of the Bible, the the Bible says this, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Now what's sad, listen, if you know this story, is the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, but he disregarded it. And so Jonah had this whale of an experience. If he would have just listened the first time, he and that whale would have never had the time that they did. But aren't you glad that even though he was disobedient, the little boys and girls this morning quoted the verse out of the Psalms, that the Lord is merciful. And in God's mercy, the whale uh, let Jonah go. The Bible uses an interesting word there. Jonah was washed up on shore onto dry land, and guess what happened? The word of the Lord came unto Jonah a second time. See, sometimes we don't listen when we should. And listen, there are times when many people are speaking to us But the most important person that we need to listen to is God. And I hope you came to church this morning. This is the house of God, and we're studying God's Word. And what you need to listen to this morning is not what I have to say, but what does God have to say. And so as I think about this this morning, and the prophet of God's Word. What is in it for us? Well, God's Word, as we've looked at these past couple of weeks, is a divine revelation of the person of God and the character of God. We would have never known God had it not been for His Word. The Bible says all Scripture, not some, not part of it, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means that it is God-breathed, that God gave His Word and he has preserved it unto our generation. If you have a Bible this morning in your hands, you are not holding a book of man. You are holding a book that contains the very words of God. And I want to say this morning that if you are here this morning and you do not have a Bible, see us in the lobby afterwards and we'd be happy to give you A free copy of God's Word this morning. Listen, we all need the Word of God. We need to read it. We need to study it because God has given it to us for the purpose of man knowing Him. God wants you and me and everyone to have a personal relationship with Him. You think about how personal God is. God created man and then God came down to man in the garden, the Garden of Eden. God chose to spend time with mankind, and can I tell you this morning, although you may not think you are significant, and you may not think that you are anybody of great importance, can I tell you this morning that you are of great value to God, and God wants to have a personal relationship with you. So let me share with you this morning some ways that the Bible, God's Word, is profitable to us. Notice, first of all, God's word equips us. There in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 17, the Bible says that the man of God may be perfect. The word there means mature. And notice, truly furnished unto all good works. Now, the word furnished is a neat word. It means to be complete, it means to be equipped. What does God's word do for us? It equips us. Notice, it equips us for the faith. The Bible says, as Paul told Timothy, from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So, as we look at that verse, what is the Bible saying? God is commanding us, listen to me, to study the Bible. Study His words Spend time in the Bible. Again, the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. I, I was thinking about this past week, and we had the boys and girls in here, and we had all the chairs out of the auditorium. We had it all set up for the boys and girls. We had a great time. And I remember on Monday night when I was speaking to the boys and girls, I was, I was, just, I was kind of sharing the beginning of the story of Jonah. And I, as I was standing right here, I would make a statement and there'd be this little girl right in the front. And every time I'd make a statement, she'd say something. And then I'd say something else and she'd say something else. And then I'd say something else and she'd say something else. Now, you have to understand, she was not being disrespectful. <clears throat> she was not just saying anything. <clears throat> as a matter of fact, everything that I said, she was finishing it. She was sharing Bible and she was six years old. Her name was Serenity. And I'm like, this girl is awesome. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. When God, when the Word of God gets into a child's heart, God, when God gets a child's life, God gets an entire life. Now listen, if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, you're in a good place. Because God, God's Word helps us for the faith. And so the most important thing you can do is place your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm so glad when boys and girls come to understand that the Bible says for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. See, our faith is not in a church. It's not in the preacher. It's not in something we say. Our faith is in the person of Jesus Christ. And this and this morning, many people believe that they can live a good life, that they can, they can give money, that the church that they go to, all of those things may be good things. But Jesus said, I am the way. See, there's no other way to heaven but by Jesus. And so as we think about the value of the Word of God and how it equips us for the faith, the Bible says that we need to make sure that we are rightly dividing the Word of God. Now, you know what that means, to rightly divide something? Have you ever had, maybe had some cookies at the house? And you get down to the last cookie, and there's two people standing there. And they're both looking at each other because one of them's thinking, well, surely they're going to give me the cookie. And the other one's thinking the same thing. And then they said, well, let's share it. And so they t- the one takes the cookie and breaks it in half. Now, which half do you want? The bigger, the bigger one, right? But see, the Bible says we need to make sure that when we study the Bible, that we are rightly dividing it that we are cutting it straight that we are making sure that we're not making it to say what we want it to say but we are we are searching for what God has said to us in his word to rightly divide it means to cut it straight to labor in it it is a correct understanding of the Word of God and as we correctly understand God's Word it will equip us to be a as the Bible says here a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, that will not be put to shame before the enemy. You see, God says that we need God's word. We need his word to equip us for the faith. But we also need God's word to equip us for the fight. You say, what kind of fight are you talking about? Well, listen, this world is not friendly to God. This world does, does not want the things of God. And certainly, when it comes to God's Word, we we take a look at it, and I love there's many descriptions. One of those is Paul describes what is known as the armor of God. And in that description of the armor of God, he really only gives one offensive weapon. Notice it says there in your notes, in Ephesians 6, in verse number 17, it says, take the helmet of salvation, and notice the sword... Of the Spirit which is what the Word of God so the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God and so when a battle arises guess what you and I need we need to make sure that we have the perfect sword to fight the battle God's Word is a sword when you think about the Lord Jesus Christ who was God in the flesh the Bible describes a time when Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now, the one thing you need to understand is that Jesus was perfect. He was, he was perfect in all points, uh, that there was no sin in him, that Jesus was without guile, the Bible says. And understand that as he was being tempted of the devil, every day in our lives there, there, there are things that would try to lure us away. But when Jesus was tempted three times, how did he respond Three times he responded, every time with the word of God, he used these words, it is written. It is written. So that tells us that when the attacks come in your life and mine, listen, we are no match for the devil. We are no match for the enemies. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness, the Bible says. You cannot humanly fight, that'd be like beating the air. So what we need is we need a weapon that works, and what works is the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. Everybody with me this morning? We need the Word of God, and this is, will help us with the fight that we are going to find ourselves in, and we must be familiar with the right sword, God's Word, or we will fail. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed, lest he fall. When we fight the battles of life, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is what assures us that we will be victorious. Look at what Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 55, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Now, think about this. That was the prophet of God, but he was not saying that of himself. He was saying this is what God says, that the word of God that goeth forth from the mouth of God will accomplish that which God said it would accomplish. When I look at the word of God, I love how that God has given us his word, but you know what I find is? That the Christian really never is commanded to fight. In Ephesians chapter 6, there with the armor of God, in verse 11, verse 13, verse 14, what does the Bible tell us to do as Christians? It tells us to stand. Having done all, stand therefore. See, uh, the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel seventeen forty seven, And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth, not with the sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's, and he will, give you, he will give you into our hands. In other words, folks, listen, when the battles come and we have God's word, the sword of the spirit, what we need to do is just stand with the word of God and let God's word, which is quick and alive and is powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword, let God's word do its work in people's lives. I was thinking of a great illustration of this, and I was I, I read this illustration about a bird called the gray heron. It's an interesting bird. You, you can see a picture of it here. But this bird has a very odd way to defend itself. That this this heron uh, oftentimes is attacked by some of the birds of prey, which be, would be an eagle or a falcon. And so, this gray heron, what it does, as you see there in the picture is it does exactly what God wants us to do it stands quiet and firm and it will use its bill as a sword allowing the enemy that attacks to pierce himself through many times by its own force and that's what God wants us to do as Christians the method of defense for us is very similar that we have God's Word we have the sword of the Word of God when we are attacked by the enemy, what should we do? Stand firm on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. God wants us to stand on his word. And listen, you say, well, what happens when the attacks get more fierce? Well, listen, as the attacks become more fierce, they will pierce themselves through more and more. You read that account where Jesus was tempted of the devil. Here's what the Bible says after the third time the devil tried to tempt our Lord and Savior, the Bible says the devil fled, left him, because he was no match for the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See, we need to understand the, the value, the profit of God's Word. And first of all, we see that God's Word equips us, but notice secondly, God's Word ena- enables us. Now this morning you got out of bed, you got out of bed on your, on your own, in your own strength. I don't know about you, there are many times throughout every day where my strength is depleted, where I just feel like I'm not going to make it. We face things, things come into our lives. Some of you might be going through some things right now that no one knows, but there's a God in heaven that knows what you're going through. and He has given his word to enable you, not only to equip you, but To enable you, to give you power, to give you ability, to to support you. Notice his word enables us to grow spiritually. Somebody said the Bible is meant to be bread, he says it's meant to be bread for daily use, not cake for special occasions. You know what you and I need? The Bible says it this way, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Every day you need the Bible. You need God's Word in your life to enable you to make it through the day. The Bible says about the Word of God in in verse 15, we read this morning, the Holy Scriptures are able to make thee wise. The Bible says in Psalm 19, 7, the law of the Lord. In other words, the Word of God is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. People say to me, and I I get tickled sometimes, they say, you know, I just can't understand the Bible. And yet all week long, we had boys and girls here from four years of age through sixth grade that understood this week what they were being taught. Now, do you know why people say that they can't understand the Bible? Because this gets in the way. See, a lot of times we have all these things that we have read and we've heard and we've been taught. Can I just say that what we need to do is push aside all of man's ideas and all of man's teachings and allow God's Word to have its work in our lives. God's Word will cleanse you. It will purify you. It will help you with your thought life. Listen, we need to understand how God's word helps us to grow spiritually. Notice Proverbs 4. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Well, where do we get wisdom from? From God's Word. And you want to understand something. Listen, I love what Martin Luther said years ago. He says, this is how I study the Bible. He says, I study my Bible like like I gather apples. First, he says, I shake the whole tree that the ripest may fall. Then I shake each limb, and when I have shaken each limb, I shake each branch and every twig. Then I look under every leaf. I searched the Bible as a whole like shaking the whole tree. You know, I'll tell you, when you open the Bible and you start to turn the pages and you start to dig in the Word of God, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find apples of gold. You're going to find treasures that you have never seen before, and what you and I need to do is pick it up, open it up, and begin to shake it and realize that God has something very wonderful to help us to grow spiritually, but not only does His Word enable us to grow spiritually? It enables us to go spiritually. Not only to grow, but to go. See, the Word of God gives us all the tools that we need to work for the Master. Now listen, here in our church, we believe the Bible is the Word of God. And so when we talk about working for the Master, we're not talking about doing things for salvation. We're talking about once you are saved, Once you have put your faith and trust in Christ, then you ought to want to do whatever it is that God has called you to do. See, there's no greater thing to do. I mean, you look around at some of our church members. I told some ladies that were visiting this week, and they were sitting back there in the hallway back there every night watching the boys and girls coming by, doing things. And I said, have you noticed our church members that are here serving? I said, I love them. I I love to watch them. And I said, on Monday, they were like this boy, they were having a good time, they were, you know, boys and girls are here, they're walking around, and by by Friday, (laughs) is this almost over, how much longer is this, but you know what, as tired, listen, by the way, it's a good tire, as tired as they were, the joy was still there you know it's almost like can somebody help me make it to the auditorium for the final service you know but the bible the word of god enables us to go to do what god has called us to do god god listen when you look at the bible it teaches us about god's works what god is doing around us, the work of God. Uh, Some of the ladies commented this week, and if you're here and you're visiting today, I want to challenge you after the service go out into the lobby and go down the hallway on this side, and I want you to look at what's on the walls. Because as you walk down that hallway, you'll see one after another, you'll see letters from missionaries that our church sacrificially gives to every month, We have 66 missionaries that our church supports around the world. Folks, listen, that is what God wants us to do. See, God's not done in this world. He still wants people to know him. And listen, as much as we go out spiritually, we went out yesterday, as much as we go out from our Jerusalem here in Pembroke Pines, and we go to Miramar, and we go to uh, Davy, and we go to all these surrounding areas here, we support missionaries all around the world, and God is doing a great work, and God shows us from the Bible what He is doing around us, but not only does He teach us about His works, but in the Bible, He teaches us about His will, what God wants from us. See, Once we are saved, God has a will, God has a purpose for your life, and then we see in the Bible God's ways, what God wants to accomplish, accomplishing His will. As we read the Word of God, we discover that there are some things that God wants us, now that we are His children, to avoid, and there are some things that God wants us to do. Now, God wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh, but Jonah decided to go the other way, didn't he? God was not pleased. Well, listen, what a great illustration. By the way, I'm glad we had the opportunity this week to share that with the boys and girls. The Bible says twice that Jonah, think about how sad this is. Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord. Now, if I was here this morning and I wanted to please God, especially if I know Him as my Lord and Savior, then I think that I would make the most out of the time God has given me to follow him and to do what he's asked me to do. The Bible tells us some things that we should obey, and as we obey his word, we find ourselves completely, as the Bible says, furnished or equipped to do God's work in this world. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So listen, the Lord has saved us to work for him, and that, listen, when we look in the Bible, the Bible tells us how we can work for God. So God's word equips us, and God's word enables us, but notice also God's word educates us. I love the education that we received from the word of God this week. We had school. I think it's wonderful in the summertime, kids are out of school, but they were in school every night. Bible school. There's not a greater education than you'll get from the Word of God. The Bible teaches us, it educates us. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Look, we are educated four ways. When you look at this verse, we're educated through the coaching of God's word. The Bible uses the word "their doctrine. It's the word didaskalos. It means the teaching of God's word, the instruction of God's word. It's a body of truth. Listen, people say, well, why, do you, why does your church do this, or why do they believe this? Can I just simply put it this way? Because the Bible says so. See, we do what we do because this is what the Word of God teaches. Now, if you're like me, I grew up in a different religious system as a child. And a lot of times we did things, and I'll be honest with you, they never taught us why we did this, why we did this. They never showed us from the Bible why we should do those things. And I remember that when I put my faith in Christ and I started reading the Bible, I started to see that the reason we did the things that we did is because that's what it says in the Bible. And the reason we didn't do something is because it's not in the Bible. And so understand that when you look at the Word of God, the the Word of God coaches us, it teaches us things that we should do. Everything that we know about God and believe as Christians has been taught to us from the Word of God. We could not have known God Himself if God would not have come down to us, if God would not have reached out to us. And just like a good coach, the Scriptures will teach us all the fundamentals of the faith that we have, that we have been instructed in the deep things of God. Everything that we believe this morning, and every day as a Christian, we, we believe those because they are based directly on the Word of God. It is not my opinions, and it is not my preferences, and it's not my prejudices. It is the Word of God that we want to heed. And so we are educated through the coaching of God's Word. But notice we are also educated through the chastening or the chastising of God's Word. Now, this is not something that people like, but in verse number 16, it says that the Word of God is profitable, notice, for reproof. That means that God's Word brings things to light. It exposes things. <laughs> we got home last not, uh, the other night and we pulled into the garage and as soon as the garage door went up, the light for the garage door opener went on and I saw something about that big scurry across the garage floor. Man, I jumped out of the car. I was was trying to get it, and I'm too slow. Couldn't get it. But you know what the light does? The light exposes things. That's why people don't like the Bible. Can I just say that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? There's none righteous. We're all sinners. Every last one of us. And what the Bible does is it shows us, it exposes who we are. The Word of God puts your life to the test. It shows us where we fall short and how we don't line up. The uh, the Bible reproves us. It shows us about ourselves. And the best thing to do when God shows us about ourselves is, is to bow before him, to humbly come before him, to deal with whatever it is that he shows us about himself. Listen, every time we have a church service, we give something called an invitation. Where do we get that from? The Bible. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that, are, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, when we come to the Lord, what do we do? We come to the Lord, and the Bible says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so when we look at the word of God, it educates us by teaching us truth, by chastising us, showing us where we've fallen short. It educates us, letter C, through the correcting of the word of God. The Bible uses the word correction there. That means to restore to an upright or a correct position. Listen, there are times in our lives where you know I don't necessarily like it, but from time to time I have to go to the chiropractor. You know, because my my back it's out of alignment. And there are times in our lives where, where we're not exactly the way we should be spiritually speaking, and we need to go to the Word of God for correction. The Bible says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. The Bible teaches us, sure, uh, what is wrong in our lives, but it teaches us how to fix it. Listen, this morning... God's not here to kick you when you're down. God's not here to just just point out all the bad things in your life. Certainly, the Word of God will expose that. But God's Word also teaches us how to fix those things that are not right. And and I'm glad that God has has used His Word in my life, again, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And can I tell you this morning that if you will do what the Bible says about the wrongs that God's Word has exposed in your life then guess what will happen? God's Word will get you on the right path. God's Word will help us. It will educate us by the correction that it gives to us. But notice, we are also educated through the commanding of God's Word. And the Bible uses these words for instruction in righteousness. I love the Word of God, how the instruction that we see is for the intent of forming spiritual maturity. The Bible will tell you how to live so that you can avoid being found in the wrong the next time around. The Word of God, if we read it and we believe it and we live it out every day in our lives, it'll cause us to be more like Jesus. Because when we come to know Him as Savior, the Bible says that they were first called Christians because they, they were like Christ. Now certainly when you look in the Bible, there are many things that God will use for instruction in righteousness, many tools that God will use to mature us. This week, we saw Jonah kind of doing his own thing, and we asked the boys and girls, what was it that God prepared for Jonah? Does anybody remember what the first thing God prepared for Jonah? Anybody? Anybody? He prepared a storm. Remember that? The Bible talks about how this Jonah's on board. Anybody remember where Jonah was when the storm started? He was down below doing what? Sleeping like some of you right now, right? He was sleeping. And and so remember how the storm came up and they realized that the storm had come because of Jonah. Jonah realized that and so Jonah says, look, you just need to toss me overboard. And that's what they did. They threw Jonah overboard. And then the Bible says God prepared something else. Do you remember what that was? Yeah, the Bible in the Old Testament says a great fish. In the New Testament, it actually uses the word whale. And so I don't know how big this fish was, but it was bigger than Jonah. And so that big fish had a Jonah snack. And so God had prepared. Listen, God will use things in your life, and He uses things in my lives. He, he uses tools to bring us to Himself. Sometimes God will use adversity and chastisement. God uses His Word as the primary tool in the lives of His children. Notice Proverbs 3, in verse number 6. In all thy ways, acknowledge who? Him. Now look at the rest of the verse. And He, that's God... If we acknowledge him, he shall, what's those last three words? Yeah, now you know what the word direct means? It means he's going to straighten out your path. See, sometimes we are not doing what we should. And so when I think about this, I was thinking of a great illustration that I was reading this past week about this man that had spent a lot of his life gathering some of the most uh, famous and expensive paintings, and you can see some of those that he had there in his in his collection, very expensive paintings, and of course, don't ask me what they are, I may know one or two of them. But out of all of these, he had one painting in particular that was his favorite, and this particular painting he actually hung in his office over his desk, and as he put that painting over his desk, he loved that painting it was a painting of the, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. You see it there above his desk. And every time he would come in to his office, of course, the, the cleaning people had come through every night, cleaning the office, cleaning that. And every morning he'd come in, and that painting that was hanging behind his desk was hanging differently. And so show that show how they, they, they made... Go back to the first one. Go back to that one. Did you catch it? And he would come in in the morning, and he would see that, that, that picture hanging there crooked. And so he saw the cleaning lady as she came in later on that day, and he says, listen, every morning I come in. And he says, that painting is hanging crooked. He goes, do you know how that happens? And she says, yeah. She said, that tower, it's leaning. It's leaning. So she said, I just I, I move it so it's hanging straight up and down. And he said, it's called the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Now that illustration is very much like what many people do today with the Bible. They want to take the Bible and twist it and distort it into what they want it to say. Listen, we're not here. To make the Word of God something different than what God has given. What we're here to do is share in love the truth of the Word of God. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? And I want to thank you for coming and being here today. I want to thank you for being so well behaved and sitting still and listening this morning. And I'm going to ask maybe just for these last few minutes if no one would move around, but you would just listen. I want you to think about the message this morning about the prophet of the word of God. What's in it for me? You know, God God worked in Jonah's life. Well, how did he do that? By the word of God. It was the word of God that made a difference in Jonah's life. And it wasn't until Jonah obeyed the word of God that his life got better. And if you're here today and you're not obeying the word of God, the Bible says that Jesus came from heaven and he gave his life so that all who believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. How many of you, sometime in your life, have had a moment that you've put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if this was your last day on this earth, you know without a doubt that you would open your eyes in the presence of God because you've put your faith in Him as your Savior. Can you raise your hand as a testimony of that salvation? Many hands are going up this morning. Thank you. You can put them down. If you're here today, listen. This is something between you and God. Don't feel embarrassed. No one's looking. But can I tell you this morning, God brought you here. Your children, sons, daughters, grandchildren, they've listened all week long. Four four little lives this week put their faith in Christ. There's four little children that because of this week of Bible school, Their eternity was settled in heaven. All because of what God did in Jonah's life. And you're here this morning as an adult. 20, 30, 40, maybe older than 40 years of age. And the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. So the decision's yours. Do you want to spend eternity with the Lord? Because if you don't put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation, it could be eternally too late for you to do that. And just in this moment, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you've never done this, I can't save you, this church can't save you, only Jesus saves. But where you're sitting with your head bowed, would you pray to the Lord? Maybe a simple prayer like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I'm asking you to forgive me of the sin in my life. Be my Savior. Thank you for Jesus who died for my sins. Would you pray that prayer? Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. Give me a home in heaven. Thank you for Jesus who died for me. Our heads are still bowed and our eyes are still closed. No one is looking around. I'm going to have a word of prayer in just a minute. We'll be done. But as I pray, I don't know your name, but I'd like to just remember you in prayer. Did you pray that prayer? Did you ask Jesus to be your Savior? Would you raise your hand if you did? Pastor, I prayed that prayer. I see those hands. Ladies, you can put them down. Anyone else? Pastor, I prayed this morning, and I asked Jesus, I want to go to heaven someday. You can put your hand down. Anyone else before we close in prayer? Don't miss heaven. That's why Jesus came. He came to seek and save that which was lost. You think about Jonah. When Jonah finally did what God asked him to do and he went to Nineveh, because one man obeyed God, 120,000 people believed in God. How many of you as Christians would say that is convicting to me That if I would just do what God asked me to do, God can use me to make a difference in others' lives. Would you raise your hand this morning? I want God to use my life to encourage other people. I see a lot of hands. Lord, thank you this morning for this invitation. I pray that you would bless these two ladies, maybe others, that ask the Lord to be their Savior. Bless this simple invitation in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me as we stand to our free with our heads bowed and our eyes closed if you want to